everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 117. It is me, your host, Evan with the All-American Conservative, Solomon Tack, and our special guest here, fellow gun rights advocate, Rob F., here to educate you losers on gun rights and the unconstitutional gun laws that have been infringing upon our rights for God knows how long I've lost count. Um, before we get started, I would like to give our thoughts and prayers to the family of Kobe Bryant, who was killed earlier today in a helicopter crash. Um, we're not going to dwell on that, but just wanted to make sure we notice, um, you know, gave the proper respect to someone who, you know, was a true basketball player as opposed to LeBron James, who is a giant bitch. But today we are talking gun rights, gun, not only gun rights, but the plight of unconstitutional gun laws, which have been infringing upon our gun rights for, like I just said, the last 20 or so years. Um, as we all know, the main, let's see, little piece of crap that has been the thorn in our side in New York is Andrew Cuomo. But even behind the scenes, we all know all this stuff basically comes from every town for gun safety, which is funded by that little turtle-faced little motherfucker, <laughs> Mike Bloomberg. Tack. about the Mike Bloomberg? Tack, I'm going to let you hit this first since you, you, you used to go around shouting Mike Bloomberg's name out in the hood trying to get him reelected as mayor. So I'm going to let you take the first shot at this little piece of crap where if you go to his website, the first thing that go, goes up is, oh, gun laws, background checks, assault weapons ban. <laughs> so everybody that knows me knows that I used to really, really go hard in the paint for mini Michael Bloomberg. And I used to always talk about how he just made New York City the most educated city on the planet, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when I had no clue about making sure that I was able to protect my own self because this million, this billionaire was walking around with his own armed guards. Now that I'm no longer a resident of New York City, this guy can't just mess up the area that he once helped to run he has to mess up where I'm living at, too. You're not even a resident. You don't even understand the culture that goes behind Virginia. But you're willing to give our governor $1,404,276 in contributions to make sure he can remove my constitutional rights and, and my ability to defend myself. I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to say that Michael Bloomberg is officially racist. He's a racist <laughs> cock Jew. All right. Hey, that's a hard J. That's a hard J. <laughs> you better watch it. This is still my show. <laughs> I'm still the host. You are listed as a co-host. All right. This is still my show. This is no slight against Jews. You know my family is Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold that against me. But he is a schmuck. Just like the other guy that's running for president, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I've told you, Bernie Sanders is about as Jewish as a bacon cheeseburger, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, is is mind your business, stay out of Virginia. You have no clue what's good. If I wanted to stick my my business back into New York, I'm from New York. That's my home. Maybe I plan to move back to New York. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to go to Maryland and be like, this is how we need to run Maryland. Yep. It's not my place. And now, I, I think, I think especially with someone like Bloomberg uh, and with a lot of these politicians, 
politicians too. Getting to the whole point of armed guards, right? There's this whole just lack of connection to reality, right? If you look at the majority, even just saying with Central New York, forget about what he did to Virginia. That was ridiculous. Uh, but even just talking about New York, right? Yeah, you've got the city, you've got the five boroughs and Long Island, right? But you've got all the rest of New York. So when these guys say stupid things like, well, you know, you don't need this, you don't need that. And, you know, you just call the police. Well, that's great for you when you're surrounded by bodyguards and you're in the city and the nearest police precinct is 10 minutes away, you know, but there are places out here in New York, police responses, 15, 20, 30 minutes for like really urgent matters. So I don't think that ever even enters into their thought process because of how just disconnected they are that, oh yeah, just, you know, you don't need a gun, call the cops. Ask, by the way, the guy that's kicking your back door in, you know, ask him to wait till the cops get there. And the three buddies he brought with them, make sure that they wipe their shoes before they, you know, hop into your house. I think it's just ridiculous that, you know, the it's, and it goes with not even just that on every level that, these people, Bloomberg, Every Town for Gun Safety, CNN, name a place that the level of misinformation and just lack of education on the matter at all. I don't, I don't see how someone can fight so hard against an, uh, 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 something like guns or an idea, an idea at all and not know about them. You know, that whole thing, I know it's been referenced on the show before, the whole CNN, uh, you know, this is what an AR-15 does to a watermelon. And it was a 12-gauge shotgun. Yeah. I will never let them live that down. That was, and it's like, either you guys are intentionally putting up the wrong video and you're fear-mongering and you have no right to call yourselves professional journalists, or you legitimately do not know the difference between an AR-15 and a 12-gauge shotgun, and nobody caught it before the story ran, and you have no reason to call yourself a professional journalist. <laughs> Either way, it's like you just, you're going to blurt out whatever you want, whatever you feel is on the matter, and you don't bother to do research or think about, you know, what other people want, the circumstance of other, uh, circumstances of others. And that really goes, the lack of knowledge, I think, is what you speak to and what I speak to most of the time. And I pulled this up. It's what is in New York state law. Essentially, it's inside the SAFE Act defining an assault weapon. Mm -hmm. So New York state law defines an assault weapon as semiotic rifles able to accept detachable magazines and one or more of the following, either a folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip, a bayonet mount, flash suppressor or threaded barrel, a grenade launcher, yep. a thumb hole stock, or a second hand grip or a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand, which would be a forehand grip. Don't Set forget also, those terrifying chainsaw bayonets. Oh, it gets worse, though. It gets worse. Semi-automatic pistols with detachable magazines and one or more of the following. Mm-hmm. A magazine that attaches outside of the pistol grip, threaded barrel to attach a barrel extender, flash suppressor, hand grip or suppressor, a barrel shroud that can be used as a handhold, an unloaded weight of 50 ounces or more. Yep. So the weight of the gun can define it as an assault weapon for a yep. pistol yep. or a semi-automatic version of a fully automatic firearm, which is just asinine, or yeah, another, again, a folding or telescoping stock or mm-hmm. 
semi-automatic shotguns that have a folding. Remember, not not pump action. Full se, semi-automatic shotguns that have folding stocks, thumbhole stocks, a second hand grip, or a fixed um, fixed magazine capacity and more of seven rounds, or the ability to accept the detachable magazine. This is pure nonsense. Essentially, what mm-hmm. gun, the Safe Act became and what all gun control is is an infringement upon constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens because you really think that the guy on the corner buying some Glock is going to care whether it's fully automatic, is going to care how much it weighs, is going to care whether or not it has a barrel shroud or even knows what Mm a barrel shroud is. It's a whole bunch of nonsense, and they put this stuff in there because it sounds good. If I tell you, listen, this gun is is more dangerous because it has a barrel shroud and because it's so heavy and because it has an extra grip on it that makes it more deadly. If you don't know anything about guns, you go, okay, that sounds good. Yep. But you don't realize the person writing the law doesn't know anything about guns. Mm-hmm. And I think they were kind of smart when they did that too from this. And bear with me here when I say that. Because in order to get this law passed, I don't think they could just out and say, oh, well, you can't. You have to ban semi-automatic rifles in general. I think that would have been too, jump of an, too extreme of a jump all at once. So... They have to find a way to kind of mold and shape what they want as far as to ban rifles. They don't, they don't count on people, you know, oh, well, fine, we'll just change this or change that. And it just shows how asinine these laws are, that they, this is the way they went about it. But, for example, this is my favorite thing. I take a, a what was once a, it's fallen out of favor since, but once a very popular rifle, still is to an extent, the Ruger uh, Mini... What was it? Ruger Mini 14 is a, a semi-automatic rifle. Traditionally comes with the wood stock, rifle-style stock, except it's a detachable magazine. Um, in many of its stock configurations, it flies, it's completely safe at compliant. It is semi-automatic, takes a detachable magazine, but there's no threaded barrel, nothing, no evil features, as they like to be called, right? If I pull the action of the right, I take the stock off, the wood stock, and I keep everything else the same, same barrel, same receiver, same action, everything. I put the gun or the, the action into a stock, a black polymer stock that has a pistol grip. The gun's now illegal in New York. Because it I haven't. Super deadly. I, I, you didn't know that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Pistol grips. You know, you got to watch out for them. It makes it the so accurate. the same. It shoots the same ammo at the same speed with the same rate of fire. I didn't change anything as to how the gun physically operates. I just threw a pistol grip on it. And now it's, now it's illegal, which is what pissing, is pissing everyone else off is because that goes the other way too. If I take an AR-15 and I say, all right, well, I'll get rid of the barrel, sure, you know, the, the threaded barrel. Uh, I'll get rid of the pistol grip. I'll do all this stuff you can make. And they are probably one of the biggest selling rifles in New York now, featureless rifles. It's an AR-15 that's basically been neutered as far as it has all of the, it's the same action, takes detachable magazines, but it doesn't have evil features. Uh, Hand that to anyone who knows how to run an AR, and I think you'll find, you know, the the speed at which they can run one is is negligible. It really is. It's a a feel-good law. It's a feel-good law that someone put in in response to a mass shooting, and... I mean, you want to talk about how ridiculous this law was. When they first implemented the SAFE Act, they didn't even include an exemption for police officers. There was a point in time where, technically speaking, if you were a police officer 
and you owned a semi-automatic rifle, an AR-15, well, it was illegal for you to do so, right? That if you had a, a, a ten, anything greater than a 10-round magazine, which, which you couldn't, oh, you could only fit seven rounds in. That was my favorite thing too with it was Bloomberg, the original Safe Act was, oh, seven rounds, seven rounds only. It's like, well, if you don't have a 1911 or a mouse gun, you've got a magazine that holds more than seven rounds. The bare minimum is 10. They went, oh, well, you can have a 10 round magazine, but you can only keep seven rounds in it at a time. And it took like, they, you know, they wound up, uh, many organizations sued uh, New York over this and the, you know, the, the courts upheld the majority of the SAFE Act, but they looked at that law. And even then with the seven round mag limit, they looked at Cuomo and they went, all right, buddy, ease up a bit. Like they actually had to strike down that law because it's too ridiculous. It was so utterly restrictive for some arbitrary reason. It's like, well, everyone else is doing 10 rounds. We got to do better. We'll do seven. Yeah. That'll make everyone feel better. It, it was, it's a, it's a bullshit law. The whole thing is bullshit. And yeah, there are many other countries or many other states in this country that don't have any laws even remotely like this that are doing just fine. You know, uh, he, he, him, it was Bloomberg and especially now Cuomo, right? Love to tout, oh, we're the, we're, we're the, the, the toughest on gun control laws and all this other stuff. Uh, it's not something to be proud of, not the way you're going about it at all. And it's, it's ridiculous. And this, you know, exactly what you're saying, the, the, the lack of education. Well, this looks good on paper. So this is what we're going to do. And we'll put this on and, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're actually, we know our shit or not about the, uh, the, this, you know, about guns or anything. We're just going to push us through and it makes everyone feel better. So, uh, two points real quick. The first point is going to be directly on New York City. You made all of those gun laws and all of those restrictions. You got that shot watch thing and it still mm -hmm. hasn't stopped shootings. Yep. You just had, what, three shootings in Brooklyn the other day? You had a couple in the Bronx the other day, like the same day or, or like a few hours in between or whatever still hasn't stopped and discouraged anybody from illegal street crimes and murder. The yep. second, in Mexico, each household can only own one handgun unless you're part of the national shooting team, then you can own more. And then I believe it's 10 long guns. But then you can't bring those weapons with you out in the street. You can't conceal carry, open carry, any, anything like that. What happens in Mexico when you mess with the cartel? You get shot. Those gun laws fly out the window. Yep. Nobody's paying attention to laws when they're worried about their street justice. Laws are only there to make sure you feel comfortable or to restrict the government from trampling on your rights. Yep. The only two reasons laws really exist. Well, and I think that's the biggest problem is that people don't, the biggest argument you hear from the left, if you bring it up with a normal person, when you go, well, criminals don't care about gun laws. And they go, well, criminals don't care about any laws, right? So why do we have laws? No, you have laws so that when a criminal breaks the law, you can punish them. The problem with gun control laws is that they are only designed to restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens. They are not making anyone safer. You have the VTL telling people, listen, you can't drive over the speed limit or you're going to get a ticket in order to protect people and you can punish people when they break the law. Gun laws are very different from that type of thing. 
Same thing with burglary and robbery. These things, those things are not designed to prevent crime. They're designed so you can punish people when they break the law. So if you only have the laws in there to punish criminals, then you shouldn't be restricting law-abiding citizens from exercising their constitutional rights. And the biggest thing that we have is the wording in the Second Amendment, shall not be infringed. Not, oh, well, if you know the governor doesn't like guns. No, shall not be infringed. The whole point of the Second Amendment is a check against tyrannical government. The second the government starts coming for your guns, and we saw it in Virginia Tech, and you guys came out in full force, the second the government starts coming for your guns, that's the time to rally up. And the left made it seem like it was this horrible thing that you're marching for gun rights and, oh, my God, what's wrong with these people? These are people standing up for the constitutional rights of all Americans, unlike the left, who only care about themselves and pushing their big government agenda. So – We've seen that these a lot of these issues, and I want to transition a little bit over to red flag laws because that is kind of the hot button issue that most laymen's will get behind. Like, oh well, it's a red flag law. You know, if someone's acting crazy, why not be able to take their guns and then they can get them back? But they fail to see the constitutional issue of due process, and this 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 problem with the left of just trampling over the Constitution whenever they see fit in in the name of public safety or in the name of you know social justice. It's something that we really need to stand up against. And Rob, I'd like to get your take first on red flag laws and the biggest issues with them. Uh, I agree exactly with what you said is it throws due process out the window. Um, I think you're really starting to step into, you know, big brother territory where we're going to take your guns away because you might do something bad. That's like... If I haven't done anything yet, I have. You have no real proof. Uh, would like, and and look, I I understand it comes from a place of, well, you know, you really have to get behind, you know, and, and and stop these things before they happen. And I understand the thinking behind it. It's not like, I I, I I'll say to the average person because I think politicians have a different agenda altogether, certain ones. But I think to the average person who supports it, the idea of that, you know. Even, you know, trying to catch someone who's a good person, right, but snaps. And, you know, they they were okay, something happened to them, and now they've gone crazy. And, you know, to be able to catch that before it happens. I I get it. I see where they come from. But you can't do that without, once again, throwing due process out the window, right? We This isn't minority report, right? You can't, like, see into the future and say, well, that's definitely going to happen, so we're going to prosecute you now to prevent that. And I mean, but that's what it comes down to, right? Is what do you cherish more? Do you want freedom or do you want security? You know, do you want the, 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 I'll say the perception of security, safety, and who provides that safety? And you have to realize, right? When so when you give someone power to protect you, that's what they have power over you. Right. And what happens if, if they start making decisions that you don't like anymore and you feel aren't in your best interests, right? Um, I looked, you know, I'm actually surprised when I was looking at New York's uh, red flag laws. Um, it isn't written. Now, obviously, I haven't really seen it in full practice yet. It isn't written where just any Joe off the street can say, I saw this guy with a gun and blah, 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 blah. It is, for the most part, limited to you know, school teachers, security, you know, uh, police officers. Um, the, the tricky part is friends and family, which 
the idea being that you are taking out an ERPO on them. And with that ERPO comes, well, they're coming and they're going to take your guns and put a block on you and everything else. Um, I haven't gone enough into it yet as far as I don't know what the difference is between an extreme risk protection order versus a traditional restraining order in New York. If there's any additional paperwork involved what the real differences, um, but I, I, I don't like that idea of, well, you know, you just, I can say something because for instance, if I have a friend who's vehemently anti-gun and doesn't want me to have a firearm, they can call up and say, look, this guy, you know, he's been talking about shooting something up and this and that, and I don't like that and all this other stuff. And I really fear for his safety and the safety of anyone around him. And he can shoot out in the RPO. What, what burden of proof do they have to provide other than just what they're saying? If someone claims to be my neighbor and they see me walking out the door with a long gun in a case and they don't like the fact that I have a rifle and they say, well, you know, he came outside and he was, he was brandishing a firearm and I felt unsafe. I really want to see like, what's the burden of proof there? What would you offering, you know, what, where are you getting all this? And then if you, if it's such a high set of burden of proof anyway, you're not going to catch anyone with this. It's very, very, and I think it scares the crap out of people. It's very hard to catch the outliers, right? The, 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 the people who snap, right? For the most part, um, NICS does a very good job of catching people who shouldn't have guns. They do slip up. They are by no means perfect. There are plenty of cases of people who, through clerical errors or whatever, shouldn't have gotten guns that did get them. Uh, but they do catch a lot of people, felons and everything, who lie on uh, their, for, you know, their, their forms when going to purchase a gun and everything. And in certain cases, they have these store employees, they'll, they'll tell them, hold them there and wait till people, you know, wait for the cops to come. We sent them and they're going to get arrested. Um, I think that, you know, is, like I said, is it a perfect system? No, but I think this system works a hell of a lot better than, well, we think you may do something evil with this firearm. So we're just going to take your, your rights away. And by the way, if this was any other right, people would be up in arms. You know, hey, um, we looked on your, you know, we had a friend that was concerned that with your Facebook page, you were uh, posting things and sharing things from Antifa's website, and this rally's coming up, so we're going to shut down your Facebook page, and we're going to ban you from participating uh, in this protest, because we think that, you know, you might get violent at the rally and express some really extreme views and, and cause problems. People would shit a brick, right? That's like. True. But because it's guns, and because we've uh, people in this country have painted the idea that guns are only used for evil in this country, which is laughably insane. You know, when you look at, you just even do a cursory search of how many times guns are used in self-defense, but that's a completely different thing. People have to figure that stuff out for yourself. You can tell them to you're blue in the face, but until they actually go and, and try and find it for themselves, they, they, they don't want to hear it. But yeah, it's it, it's because you know guns are guns bad, right? You know, so especially black guns, right, Tech? Oh, absolutely. Black That's right. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Listen, why do you think I'm taking all my guns and you know spray painting them flat dark earth? <laughs> <laughs> There's only two colors: you get black, or you get some kind of kind of like sage green. Right? <laughs> yeah. Want to feel tactical? That's right. I want that that crypt deck. You know. <laughs> But yes, uh, going along with the, the red flag laws, um, I have experience with Florida and the, the Baker Act. 
right? And one of the things that they, that they do with the Baker Act is all they need pretty much is like a text message. The text message could say, I want to kill myself, but that doesn't mean you actually feel like fucking like killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I don't want to wake up in the morning. There's been plenty of times where people just didn't feel like waking up in the morning, whether it was from depression mm-hmm. or because they had a hangover. Somebody reads that the wrong way, gives it to a cop, cops come to your house, knock on your door, then you're held against your will for 72 hours in a hospital. From the hospital that I have experience with, not that I've never been Baker Act, but that I've had experience with through a former profession, they will put the people behind, they would all be lined up down this hallway. Everybody was in like their own little glass contained room. And the doctors that were there were able to sit there and stare at you like you're a zoo animal. That's insane. (laughs) So how would you feel if this was you who ended up getting Baker acted, put in this hospital and pretty much strapped down, depending on what you said in your text message, and have these people staring at you for up to 72 hours to see if you're able to mentally um, survive and if you should or should not be allowed to have a weapon. Now, granted, there's a very small percentage out of the like million or something people that get Baker acted that end up remaining in some type of uh, mental care, mental custody or whatever, or going to a mental institution. But the fact is, that's all you need. You could be misunderstood in the message and be held up to 72 hours against your will while they deem you unfit to, to carry a firearm. No, there is a big, bigger issue with this. It's this elitist attitude. And you see with Mike Bloomberg all the time in every interview that he's had where police should, only police should have guns and only I should be protected by guns because I'm special, where they should tell you how to live your life. So most people who are anti-gun are not people who have ever owned a gun, who have ever shot a gun. They're afraid of guns. So because they are afraid of guns, you should not be able to have a gun. Your rights don't exist because your rights make me feel unsafe. And I've had this conversation with people who claim to be on the right. To be like, listen, I like the principles of, you know, the Republican Party, but, you know, guns make me feel uncomfortable. And if if you're carrying, then that makes me feel less safe. It's like, why does it make you feel less safe? I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm trying to protect myself. He's like, well, then if you're carrying, then I'm going to want to carry. Okay. I support your right to carry. And not only that, it's like... So, you know, I, one of my arguments with these with, with someone, because I've also numerous times, all, you, people shouldn't just be able to carry willy-nilly all over the place, and said, listen, if you decided to strap a gun to your hip or carry, you know, if you got into an argument with someone, would you just pull your gun out and end their life there? No, of course not. Why would I do that? I'm a sane, normal human being. So what makes you think any other person's going to want to do that? You know, I, I don't understand. There was that whole thing, too, with, you know, there was this in this huge re, uh, surge of concealed carries coming back in a big way in the United States. Uh, a lot of states are uh, loosening up uh, concealed carry laws. Some of them have gone full constitutional carry. You don't need a permit anymore. And all these people, all these opponents of it, oh, they're going to be shootouts in the streets, going to be the OK Corral. Now that anyone has a gun, people are going to get murdered over parking spots. I'm still waiting to see those numbers, those homo, you know, gun homicides skyrocket. I haven't seen anything about that, right? Because 
you know, concealed carry permit holders are statistically some of the most law abiding people, like more so than cops. They, they're just average people. Look, they, they care about their families. They care about themselves and the gun is there to protect themselves. The ones they care about. And you, if you're in the same room as them, do you think they want to see you shot if someone walks through that door and starts opening up on someone? Absolutely not. You know, they're, they are there because the police can't always be there immediately. You know, one of the things that my, with, with concealed carry and everything was when you talk about active shooters, right? When you think about an active shooter, an active shooter with, I think maybe there was one case where the guy just gave up on his own in a school. They're always stopped by someone with a gun. Right. Usually the cops. And what happens is when they show up and now there's a display of force, because when you walk into a school and no one else is armed, it's shooting fish in a barrel, right? You've got right. no- Every single pull of the trigger is a life lost. And if you think about the amount of time it takes, even if a cop is driving past the school, for them to either get the call or to realize that a shooting situation is going on, you're going to lose lives at an exponential rate. Every single second, every single time that person is able to pull the trigger, a life is lost. Wouldn't you rather have a law-abiding teacher in the school who is trained to use a firearm being able to confront and end that shooter before things go bad? Absolutely. But you saw their reaction. You saw the reaction for the church shooting. Yep. where they refused to give this man who is a hero credit and still said that law abiding that that private citizens should not be carrying guns. And I'd like to point out with that church shooting which I thought was awesome. If you watch the video, right, the 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 he was a volunteer security guard, right? Uh draws his weapon, ends the threat from it was 50 feet away with a headshot, right? But if you watch the live stream, the only reason he got the shot off and not the like half a dozen other parishioners who got up and drew their concealed weapons was because, you know, he was standing up at the time. He wasn't in a pew, but uh, on the very off chance that anyone from that church is, is listening to this, uh, you know, kudos to you. That's what this needs to be like, right? You have this, the Texas, you know, the, the Texas church shooting, right? He, he God was able to kill two people before he, you know, before uh, he was stopped. And then you've got around the same time, those, those attacks in uh, New York City, in that synagogue. Five Jewish people were stabbed in a synagogue. And what happened? You know, how, how does that happen? Complete, completely different. And you think anyone can carry in a synagogue in New York City? Absolutely not. You know, a week later, the number of concealed carry or just you know, pistol permits in that, from that area skyrocketed. Because there are people out there who understand that, hey, you know, and sometimes it, it's, it's unfortunate, but it takes something like this to, it's a wake-up call of, hey, you know, yeah, we've got the police, but they're not always here. And if someone is waving, you know, someone is trying to actively stab you or someone you care about, I'd want every tool at my disposal to be able to stop that from happening. Tackle. You know, when I carry, right, and I got a, a quick funny story after this, but when I carry, it helps me work on one of the things that we've spoken about before, Evan. Oh, impulse control? My impulse control. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and it, it's not the fact that I feel like I'm going to get in a fight and automatically draw out on somebody. 
It's the fact that if I do get in a fight, for whatever reason, if I flick somebody off or I piss somebody off, and we do end up in a knockdown, drag-out brawl, I now have to worry about weapons retention. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm open carrying or concealed carrying that day, not only do I have to protect my physical body, now I have to make sure he didn't feel that I have a gun on me and he reaches for it or I get dropped and it falls out and I can't get to it. Now he has my weapon. Yep. It helps me help me pretty much. I, and not only that, from another side of that too is – uh, if you do get, you know, carrying a weapon on you, if you do get into an altercation, right, especially when it comes to witnesses and standby, you need to learn the art of de-escalation. Mm-hmm. Because if the situation happens into a moment, you know, if it comes to a head and you have to draw to defend your life and, and shoot someone, you better make damn sure you and everyone around you knows you did everything possible to de-escalate. to de-escalate the situation yeah. that you are clearly not the aggressor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's, it's good in the aspect of if you know you're carrying and you have half a brain in your head, right? Someone cuts you off in line, someone flips you off, somebody tailgates you or whatever, right? Someone steps where, on your sneakers in a movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where, you know, where you would normally just go off, and, and now you're going to go head to head with this guy. Hey, man, what the hell's your problem? Why are you doing that? You have to think about that now. You have to think about, is it really worth doing this? Because if something starts now, I'm on the hook. Because if one witness can point to you and say, I don't know, man, they were both fighting. And then this one guy got in the other guy's face and the other guy swung at him and went for him and pulled a gun and this and that happened. Well, if you're up in this guy's face and someone can say, oh, well, this happened. You know, this guy was all, you know, he was just matching the other guy's energy. Now you got a problem because why didn't you just de-escalate that, right? Yeah. It's. I think. I think. Yeah. It's. It's a big thing you have to consider. And we talked about this last time, Tack. The the rally in Virginia. I think that sets the example for what we need to do across the country. Um, but the first thing we need to do is local government. We need to make those changes at a local level. So, Tag, you did send me the list. The next meeting for Nassau County Legislature is February 24th. So we are going to ask anyone who is in support of our constitutional rights to find that meeting. We will post the meeting time and the meeting place on the Facebook page. And we will make sure that we mention it coming up to that time. But this is what we need to do. We need to stand up. We need to be fighting back. We can't sit here and just let them walk all over us anymore because they've been doing it for years and they will keep doing it. And Cuomo is trying to introduce legislation to require New York state gun owners to have a million dollars worth of insurance if you own a firearm. Now, while it's a good idea to have insurance if you have a firearm, legally requiring someone to carry that much insurance becomes prohibitive. Mm -hmm. And the left always talks about how much they're for the everyman, right? They're for the poor people. You are prohibiting poor people from owning firearms because they can't afford the insurance. And not only that, NRA used to have Carry Guard in New York, which gave you a million dollars in liability insurance. And Cuomo ran them out, right? Because, you know, he, I think the, the whole thing with Carry Guard was they also offer money towards um, criminal defense. And there's a law on the books in New York that says, which looks like it's aimed specifically at these programs, was... Well, you can't sell a service that offers money towards a criminal defense when firearms are involved. Which is insane because they're just letting criminals out of jail for no reason. So why can't my insurance company help me pay for my legal? So so we had something that people could do that 
you could have a million dollars liability insurance, but it was funded by the NRA. So that had to go, right? We had to find a way to get that kicked out. How about, did you hear the one that they want you to surrender your social media passwords? Yeah. Oh, hell no. I yeah. don't even know my password. Not even, oh, give us access to the account. You have to give them your passwords and not just Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Google. So if you have Google searches, any of your search history they go through, this is such a massive invasion of privacy. And not only from that, I'm an IT guy. I see dumb shit happen with passwords and personal information getting lost Mm -hmm. all the time i'm gonna trust some whoever the hell that they're gonna have that's gonna what have my information written down somewhere for and they can go back three years supposedly to see whatever they want to and go through your your five you know anything you've done it's insane it is such a big brother level of of invasion of privacy to for you to exercise a right guaranteed in the bill of rights it's not even it just it blows my mind to think that you know i don't think anyone's sponsored it yet you'd be insane to sponsor it. i think at this point it'd be political suicide even even in new york you know unless unless it's you know someone out of new york city is, is going to sponsor it's insane i can't from from a from a logistical nightmare from a privacy side of things from it is outright unconstitutional for me to jump through how many backflips do i have to do to exercise a right to, to 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 own a firearm i'm not even talking about pistol permits which in and of itself is a huge thing right we've got uh new york state rifle and pistol association suing new york city because of the bullshit of well if you have a new york city permit you can't take your gun outside of new york city so you have to practice at one of like what how many ranges are in new york city in the boroughs it's something like five or six. It's very, it's a very low number. Yeah. But it really it it really pushes towards that leftist ideology of totalitarian government, which yeah. I think is hilarious considering they all hate the person in charge right now. Exactly. So you hate the person in charge, but you want to give him all of your guns. You That's want right. him to decide your speech. You want him to protect you. The racist police are gonna protect you. You should give up all your guns, but you know, we hate everyone in charge. It's asinine, well, it's a it's an extremely stupid and short-sighted philosophy well because you know you're never going to win against the military anyway right if you would if if, if we decide to overthrow the government we're never going to fight against the military never mind that the military doesn't act on u.s soil you know that's why there's the national guard that the military is not supposed to operate on u.s soil against u.s citizens uh that the military is comprised of individuals who like guns usually and will and fight an oath to defend the constitution of the united states absolutely so what makes you think that the large majority of the military are going to do this anyway? Also, when they talk about, well, how are you going to fight against a tank? There are civilians out there with tanks. Not a lot of them, but. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Red Texas. Dawn? The original, not the remake, the original Red Dawn. They took oh, down yeah. tanks. You can do it. It's no, possible. Absolutely. Yep. Listen, right. a lot of L39 20 millimeter anti-tank rifle will do a lot of damage. And, they were selling them out of like catalogs in the sixties. There are plenty of them around. Like, you know, like I said, not that I, do I really think it's ever going to come to that? No, but the, the second amendment was written with that in mind. And I think 
you know, I, I, I think if you are a, if you are a law-abiding citizen, if I have proven to you through a background check, or whatever, that I'm a law-abiding citizen, and I am proven to you that I can own a firearm, it should not matter what firearm I own. Mm-hmm. Do I want a handgun? Do I want a rifle? Do I want a machine gun? Like, it, I'm still owning a gun, right? I, I, and it, I've already proven to you I'm not going to do anything with it, right? Not, nothing illegal, right? I'm a law-abiding citizen. I should be able to own what I want. That's, exactly. that's my opinion. rocks, Mike Bloomberg. <sighs> All right, guys, moving on to our very last segment. We're going to do this very quick, our How Dare You segment. How dare you? Um, we're going to play this clip of an MSNBC anchor accidentally telling the world that Kobe Bryant played for the Los Angeles N-Words. Here's the clip. Seems like he was just the kind of athlete, the kind of star that was perfectly cast on the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. So, Tack, I'm going to let you start on this. How dare you? Why do I have to start on it? Because it's blatantly obvious. Uh, MSNBC anchor just goes, Kobe Bryant played for the Los Angeles and then just drops the N-word. And I'm they the go, oh, no, I'm sorry, the Lakers. Like, yep. Uh, I'm the Sammy Davis Jr. of the group, and I have to be the one to start on it. It's all good. I see how it goes. Man. I want it out there so that they can't bury it. <laughs> I have this recording with this clip forever. The MSNBC, the left, we've proven many, many times over, the left is extremely racist. They hide behind this thing that they're standing up for minorities and they're extremely racist. And this is just more proof. Attack, I need your input on this. So she says, I'm going to say it outright. You can say and it. And I'm going to explain the reason why I said you're, it out. You're allowed to say it. So she's having this conversation or she's introducing a story, whatever, and she says, the Los Angeles niggers. How and dare I'm thinking, you? Maybe she was looking at something because she's like a sports columnist and it said something about the Knicks right below where she was supposed to be talking about Los Angeles Lakers. And she saw the Nick and then said Urs and it got mixed up. So I just gave you an out woman. <laughs> if you hear this, you better say, yeah, yeah, the Knicks. I was, I was trying to say Knicks and Lakers together, and it came out as Knickers. I, I hope for her sake someone fucked with the teleprompter, like uh, <laughs> Anchorman style, you know. It's the Los, An- the Los Angeles N-words or the New York N-words? Like, which one is she- <laughs> How dare you? Which one has the most black people on its team? Oh. It's the, the Lakers, right? <laughs> it's probably both. Are there any white people the God, basketball sucks. But we, we had to mention it. Once again... Thoughts and prayers to Kobe Bryant and his family. Amen. Um, you're going to see a lot of disgusting things coming up in terms of memes and everything. Um, you know, we all know Hillary Clinton probably down that helicopter because he had information on her. How but, dare you, know, you? I'm going to hell already. I had to, I had to just say it. I had to say it. But, um, guys, if you like this show, make sure you share it. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show. Make sure that you visit our website. Visit our store at EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com slash store for all our amazing, amazing merchandise. It will make liberals cry. If they see you wearing one of our shirts, you will see tears coming out of their eyes. It's proven. It's a proven fact. I can attest. Yes, 100%. But guys, make sure that you stay up to date on, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY. Follow Tack on Instagram at SolomonTack. That's two A's and a C. There's no K in Tack. We will be putting up more dates, locations, and times for these meetings. We need people to show up. We need shows of support. You saw how effective it was in Virginia. They effectively canceled portions of a bill just by showing up and open carrying. So just by showing up to these meetings for the Nassau County government, for Suffolk County government, for all these other governments, we can affect 
change. Local government is heavily reliant on the people in their district. We're not talking about people in Washington, okay? We are talking about fixing New York State. Your local representative needs every vote they can get because the population that is voting is so small. They will not ignore you on a local level. We need to be out there on the streets doing what we need to do. So make sure, check out the Facebook group at Empire State Conservatives, Instagram at whatever I just said it was. Make sure you check out our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere that you find podcasts. For that, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and don't let fear take your freedom. (laughs) 